You are tuned to Nerd Noise Radio Channel 2. Thank you for joining us, dear listeners. This is Nerd Noise Radio Channel 2, Season 2, Episode 1. For Theme Thursday, February 3rd, 2022. Which, incidentally, is my 42nd birthday. Woo! We're recording it, wait, we're recording it January 22nd, so it's not my birthday while we're recording, but... Um, yeah, by the time you hear this, listeners, I'll be 42. I'll be an old man! Well, it's not quite... I was debating when I cut over from mid-40s to late-40s, like when, when that distinction starts. Um, I'm going with 49 and a half. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. 49 and a half. But, you know, you know, by then you'll be barely in your 40s. Just <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, maybe 52 I'll go with. I'll, I'll, I'll stick with mid-40s till, till then. <laughs> You know, when I turned 40, um, when I turned 40, it was really kind of this big shift in the way I viewed things. It's, um, we tend to think of things in terms of relativity, you know, I'm older than this, younger than that. But it got me thinking in terms of quantum. You know, I am, it's a paradox. I am, in my early 40s, I'm neither old nor young. And yet, I am old and young. Think about all the ways that I'm old. Think about all the ways that I'm young. You know, I mean, and and you and I are five years apart, so it's not that different for you, too, you know. We're still in the... No, no, not really. I don't, I actually probably don't think about it that much. Yeah. I, it, well, since I started thinking about it, now I'm thinking of everything in quantum. You know, I'm, 
I'm neither rich nor poor, and yet I am rich and poor. You know, just I could I I'm gonna force myself to not go on and on there. Um, the theme for today's episode is uh, heavy and heavy adjacent music on a program we're calling Fast Music for Slow Times. And I'm really proud of that title because everyone who listens to Nerd Noise Radio knows what a big Hearts of Space fan I am. Well, our title today is just a, a playful inversion on Hearts of Space slogan, Slow Music for Fast Times. I'd always joke there needs to be this heavy metal compilation album out there called Fast Music for Slow Times, but here we are. We're, pla- we're the one planting our flag in that. I was uh, going to make a comment about, like, it's not so much so much metal music. Like, if you, um, you're, you didn't grow up in, in the Chicago area, right? No. And, and not close enough to listen to uh, Chicago radio. You know, I, I kind of grew up in, in, in a time, I mean, five years isn't that big of a difference, but it probably means, like, when you were in high school, it was late grunge, early new metal. Yes. Right? And when I was in high school, it was like... You, you know, Metallica was probably the biggest band at school, right? Mm-hmm. And at least at that time period, I, I enjoyed metal music. And then as I got older, I just somehow fell out of um, fell out of love with it. I don't know if that's a normal thing. I still like it in some video games. That's why this is, this is kind of a fun theme because uh, you get to go back and listen to some really kind of amped up uh, fun music. Mm-hmm. But it's not something I turn on normally anymore. Yeah, well, I can relate. I um, when I when I hit high school is when well, it was the summer right before high school is when I got turned on to Metallica and uh, Nirvana and Soundgarden and you know uh, Megadeth and stuff like that. And and at the time, it rocked my world. I mean, no pun intended. It just you know kind of became my everything for a little while. But then I started to discover things like jazz, and you know, I think the first time I really, I mean, of course, I'd brushed up against jazz before this but like really 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 took it seriously it it was almost it was like a borderline religious experience you know and that was something i never Mm -hmm. got from hard rock so it's like it's like hard rock and etc and we're listeners we're using the terms so loosely and so interchangeably that people who care people who are passionate about this genre this part of the musical world are just going to be cringing the entire time so please accept our apology up front (laughs) and uh Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll try. We'll we'll try to configure our spam filter so that the hate mail goes there. So our first track here is. Um, I, mean, I can loop this back to the Chicago part in a minute here. So this is uh, from Revenge of Shinobi. This is Like a Wind. It's uh, Yuzo Koshiro, of course. Um, this game came out what? Let's say 1989. So around that time, out in Chicago, there was this weird late night only metal station. You of course wouldn't have heard of this, but anyone from Chicago. In, in like the late 80s w- probably was aware of this station so there was a station called WVVX it was during the day a foreign language station I think mostly Polish because we still have Polish radio stations in Chicago okay and then like at 10 o'clock every night it converted to a heavy metal station until like I don't know two or three in the morning I never stayed up to till the sign off or maybe I didn't I don't remember but um, but it wasn't like mainstream. Like you weren't going to tr- turn it on and hear like you shook me all night long. <laughs> like this was all deep. Like this was all album cuts. Okay. And it was all bands you'd never like it, it bands you practically never heard of unless you were really like into record stores or, or stuff. I mean, you would just hear anything. And it was like around this time you would start to hear like, Hey, here's this new stuff out of Seattle. It's, 
you know, kind of different. I don't know if we like it. Um, but that station eventually folded in like the early 90s. I think because, you know, the the sort of mainstream tastes in, in music changed, right? Like a lot of like the hard rock heavy metal bands kind of went out of favor and the stations that didn't like evolve to pivot to like more alternative music kind of dried up. Okay. Okay. I, I think that's what happened. I don't really know. There's probably some like oral history of this like weird late night station. Oh yeah, there there there'd have to be if it was such an important part of the the underground scene at the time. Yeah, uh, and I would say you can't find anything like that today, except we have like two million podcasts. So <laughs> I guess you probably could if you were looking for it. Oh, it's just shifted. You know, I mean, um, it's. I always, I often say the world isn't getting, in in terms of like a big overarching overall sense. I I always say the world isn't getting better or worse. It's just getting different. It's just changing. You know, and the, our sense of it feeling better or worse is really how well or poorly it fits us, you know. Um, and and so, yeah, terrestrial radio, it, it, well, it gets better it, it gets better and worse. In a th- it, it doesn't get better or worse overall because it's getting better and worse in hundreds of thousands of little ways all the time. Um, and one of the things that has gotten worse is terrestrial radio in most places. You know, FM mm-hmm. radio is just... It, very few places is it, is it anything even close to what it was in, in our day, you know, and and uh, that's sad. But that doesn't mean that that kind of content isn't around. It's just not on FM anymore. It's on streaming internet. It's on yeah. you know podcast. It's not, sometimes it's on satellite radio, you know. So it's just it hasn't gone away. It's just moved. All right, so Revenge of Shinobi. So I was probably playing this game while listening to WVBX at some point. Okay. Those two things probably happened at the same time. And uh, I like this track. This is from, you know, it's, it's obviously an action game. Uh, this is a level where there's like a lot of exploding things. Mm-hmm. If, if that helps set the mood. Have you played all the way through Revenge of Shinobi? Um, not to the end, no. But I've, I think okay. I've watched a long play. So I think, I, I think I've seen this, this stage. <laughs> yeah, this is kind of a short track, but it's just for, you know, the stage is for is fairly short. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. This track is a lot of fun. It's um, and and it this you can hear the Yuzo Koshiro signature sound in it, but it's it's it doesn't sound like the other songs in the track. You know, it's we've talked about that before, uh, Koshiro versus Fallen, which will be relevant uh, later. Um, he's just such a chameleon. He can do so many different sounds convincingly, believably. This is just a great example of that. I'm looking at our list. I think uh, Sega CD is is the winner of this episode. Oh, in terms of the system to be featured the most often? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, well, I think so, too, because it, well, we, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to, well, I mean, people can look at the show notes and, and see what we're going to be playing. But, yeah, it looks like we're going to be hearing from the Sega CD three times. Three times, yeah. It's a teaser. That's what I'm calling it. There we go. Um, um, and obviously for this for this genre that we're doing, I think it's more conducive to, um, you know, to Red Book or, or record, you know, actual like audio versus chiptune music. I mean, there is some good chiptune stuff coming. Like this, for example, is a great chiptune song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I think I think generally you're going to find better. I mean, not better, but you know, more representation once we we cut over to the CD era. Once you're untethered from the limitations of. 16-bit and earlier chip systems, you know. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. Well, let's 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 go there now. Um, my first track of the day is going to be Swing Time from Spider-Man vs. the Kingpin on the Sega CD. And for the composer, I have listed Mr. Big, but it could be Mr. Big or Spencer Nelson or some combination of the two. Either way, let's go ahead and check it out.
Okay, and that was Swing Time by by uh, Mr. Big and or Spencer Nelson. At the very least, it's Eric Martin singing for sure, the lead singer of Mr. Big. Um, what do you think of this track, you? Um, I think when we were preparing for the show, I asked you how long you thought it took to write the lyrics to the song. <laughs> yes, and I, and I jokingly said 30 seconds, which was actually more generous than what you had estimated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a fun song. Um, not, I, I don't think they spent a lot of time writing it. Um, but if you've been writing music a long time, I guess, you know, it doesn't take a lot of effort to, uh, to crank out a quick song. Right. Right. Well, um, the mystery, I, when we were just talking a minute ago, like I, it didn't connect for me that this was the band, Mr. Big. I thought this was like a fat man <laughs> joke. You know I mean, like, Right, like there's a composer went by Fat Man for a long time. That's what I thought was going on here. Uh-huh. And like, oh wait a minute, no, this is the band that had like a hit in the late '80s. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I want to say, uh, I want to say the hit is "Be with You," right? Or "I'm the One Who Wants to Be with You," and I think that's it. I don't know. I mean, obviously, we're not Mr. Big Efficient. <laughs> we're not big on big. Uh, yeah. Um, it does seem like they were really into games, though, because they also recorded a song for the Mega Man cartoon series. Okay. So I'm wondering if they're like a big in Japan band. Could be. Could be. I'm Here I am looking through the Mr. Big discography on Wikipedia, trying to find the name of the song I'm thinking of here. You're thinking of uh, uh, I'm the One That Wants to Be With You? That's extreme. That That's extreme. That's not Mr. Big. No, so, it's not. That's Mr. Big. Is it? I'm pretty sure it's... Yeah. Okay. Okay, this is great radio. Are, <laughs> wait, which... Ex, Extreme and Mr. Big, those are bands I could see getting confused a little bit. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Similar vocalists, but no, not the not the same band. No. Yeah, their hits include To Be With You, a ballad by American rock band Mr. Big. It was released in late 1991. Man, I was off. I thought that for sure it was like a 1989 song. Okay. So this is right at the end of like the hair metal era uh-huh. when they broke out. Yeah. So this is probably, their story is probably a lot like, um, I was listening to, you're, you're familiar with the old radio show Love Line. It was on like late, speaking of late things that were on after 10 p.m. only. Uh, I, I certainly know the name. I don't know if I ever actually saw it. Yeah, yeah. So at one point they had um, the band Nelson on. Okay. You remember them? I do. It, and Nelson mentioned... Like their first hit was actually like nineteen, like late ninety one, and they now show up to their studio. They have like a three album deal, and they eventually like showing up in like nineteen ninety two to record their second album. And the studio basically locked them out. <laughs> wow! Wow! And because uh, they because th- the whole industry had pivoted, and I suspect if I really did a deep dive into the career of Mr. Big, they probably had a similar experience. Mm-hmm. Um, seems like they were fairly popular in Japan, though, so good for them. Good, good. Yeah, it's always interesting when an American band is big in Japan and not big here, or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's always interesting. Um, well, have you ever played the Sega CD Spider-Man game? I have. It's actually pretty good. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah, this is the only track with vocals. This is always what plays when you turn on the game. So it's title music. But as the game just cycles semi-arbitrarily through the other tracks, this one will sometimes show up in the mix also. So you might be swinging through a city and all of a sudden you hear 
you hear this guy singing again. So it's a lot of fun. It, it's it's very reminiscent of the Genesis game, but it feels so much less locked down, so much less wooden, you know? Um, it's it's not open world. Well, it's, you know, it, it, it kind of has this proto... Um, you got this map with all these different locations, and you can just switch between locations at any point. So it is kind of almost like a proto-open world with fast travel, isn't it? Little bit, yeah. Little bit, yeah. I was when I first saw it, I just assumed it was going to be a uh, like a just a retouched version of the original Spider-Man game. Mm -hmm. There were a few Sega CD games that were more or less just the original game with slightly better music now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, but no, this this really blew me away. How much they, um, you know, how much effort they put into this game, and this wasn't. I mean, it was probably a good seller by Sega CD standards, um, but there's just enough there's enough changes to it that it doesn't feel like the original game that much. No, no, it's much more fluid. I mean, if you look at still images, they between the two games, they probably look very similar, but the experience of playing them is very different. Mm -hmm. So, um, well, speaking of Sega CD hard rock and music, what do you have for us next? Um, I'm going to go with uh, uh, Lords of Thunder. The, the stage is called Wildon. Uh, the composer is a Satoshi Miyashita. And I, I guess, as you, you'd mentioned to me before, it's kind of odd to pick this version over the, the TurboGrafx version. Mm -hmm. But I actually kind of strangely like the Sega CD version better because, it. I mean, it's definitely a hard rock track, but it seems a little bit less... Um, less jarring, like, less dissonant than the Turtle Graphics version. Mm -hmm. Like, the Turtle Graphics version is, like, what you would pump up, like, before you went to go, ooh, like, for a boxing match. You know what I mean? Like, you're just trying to get yourself fired up. And and this sounds more like uh, yard work music. For term. <laughs> I might put this, like, we're supposed to get, like, a couple inches of snow tonight. Maybe I'll put on Lords of Thunder while I'm shoveling snow. There you go. But uh, let's fire it up. Lords of Thunder.
All right. So yeah, Wild on Stage, Lords of Thunder, Sega CD. Yeah, it's so interesting how um, how the Sega CD and the TurboGrafx versions are not the same musically, and no one seems to say anything about it. Like you know, there's no one talks about that. It's just you just discover. Wow, this is a. I mean, what we're hearing sounds pretty pretty blazing already, but it is definitely the tamer version. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why. I feel like the Sega CD version is actually the more obscure of the two. Like, I know it sounds weird because the Sega CD did way better than the TurboGrafx CD in America, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but in America, like everybody who had a TurboGrafx CD had Lords of Thunder. I think it was like a requirement. <laughs> um, I know like Gate of Thunder was a packet at one point, but Lords of Thunder was a game that you know it's pretty common by TurboGrafx standards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas on Sega CD, it was kind of it was a later release, didn't really do well. Right. Right. Um, well, and, you know, so I did some looking before the show to see if I could tell who, who did the arrangement. Uh, the composer is Satoshi Miyashita, but I could not find any information for who handled the, the Sega CD arrangement. Um, hmm. You know, it's with it being live instrument, or I, I hate this term. So, listener, please hear my air quotes here. Quote, unquote, real instruments, you know, rather hmm. than chip music. It, it, I really can't imagine that Miyashita-san or Miyashita-san uh, just grabbed a different guitar, a softer guitar, and re-recorded it. So, uh, so we're gonna say yeah. arranged by unknown. So, some uncredited uh, music intern. Well, he's a pretty good guitarist. <laughs> yeah. Um, this the solo here is pretty good. Yeah, I have to. I kind of have to dig into like the the music of um of this composer. He only is credited on a few albums. Um, one of them, though, is, is Shenmue 2, which I keep finding excuses to not play. Okay. Okay. So this is the same guy, huh? This is the Shenmue, Shenmue 2 guy. Yeah, well, I don't... Shenmue 1 and 2, there's multiple composers. Oh, sure. So he may have done one song. He may have done ten songs. Okay. Um, I have a feeling if I listen to the soundtrack, it might be... If I listen to, like, his other soundtracks and then listen to Shenmue 2, I might be able to pick out which ones he did. Like, Yuzo Koshiro did a song on Shen- the first Shenmue. Yeah. Right? They just, they have a whole, they brought in a lot of different composers to, you know, to work on it. Yeah, and you and you have that a lot. The, the, the example that stands out to me the most is the soundtrack to Destiny features mm-hmm. at least one song by, of all people, Paul McCartney. Okay, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I knew that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, so if you haven't had a chance, listener, to, to, to hear the difference between the Sega CD and the TurboGrafx versions of the Lords of Thunder soundtrack, it's, especially if you're big into hard rock and heavy metal, it is a worthwhile experience to just listen. But for as edgy and as powerful as this is, this is the gentle version. So be prepared for that. Um, so one thing that we need to do that we've forgotten to do over the past couple couple tracks is our talk top of the show business what's we're starting a new season i i had said season or channel two season two episode one i want to clarify the official name of the episode is c2e6 but this is our first episode of season two this is this is the beginning of our sophomore year uh what's been happening since last time Hugh? well that's a good that is a really good question i mean this is the time of year where I, i typically have very little going on and i i try to pick up some projects to you know, stave off insanity until uh, it, it gets a little bit warmer out. Um, 
So I've been doing a little bit of little bit of programming. I, I kind of want to do another Sega Genesis demo someday, but I I have this horrible short attention span problem where, you know, I start a demo and then I'm like, eh, you know what, now this is the part where it gets kind of hard and I'm going to move on to something else. So I just have to kind of power through and, and finish a few things I want to do. Um, everyone here has been healthy. We've all managed to avoid um, catching the Verona over here. Um, mm -hmm. even, even though my kids are in school, so... That, that's good. Or if we caught it, we somehow got incredibly mild cases that we were unaware of. So um, that's all good. Um, hopefully, I, I've been saying for, you know, two years in a row now, but hopefully this summer everything, you know, this summer looks like kind of a normal summer again mm -hmm. for us. Mm -hmm. uh, what about you? Well, so we were not so fortunate. Uh, the Demogorgon did get us. Um, but we were, since we were vaxxed, it was pretty mild it was we were sick enough to realize we were sick and we did have to sit out family christmas so it was the first christmas in my entire life that i did not get to see mom and dad and my brother in person and open presents around their tree um but we we found a safe a safe social distance way to exchange unopened gifts the day before and then the morning of we uh we still open presents together just over zoom and it was it was not as good, of course, but it was it was it was actually closer to the same feeling than any of us expected. It was actually a very satisfying experience. Um, but like I said, we were sick enough to realize we were sick, but we were never sick enough to be like worried. You know, it yeah. was it was yeah, it wasn't it, it, from that perspective. It wasn't that big a deal, which you know I guess is a testimony to the vaccines. You know, we. Um, couple weeks ago or i think last weekend we were we had an illness that wasn't covid related it was just your general why it couldn't keep anything down thing and then it went through the family and that oh, actually yeah. Yeah. that actually was worse for us than covid was yeah yeah you're talking about like norovirus and and i had not had that for many years until i had kids and then i got it every year for until whatever age they stopped putting everything in their mouth right yeah norovirus that's what it is yeah we had that yeah, and that, that's that actually was worse for worse for us than COVID. Yeah, that's that's the one they they got to work on a, a vaccine for that. They do, thing, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. So otherwise, uh, for Christmas, I bought I got a um, a bunch of ga video game stuff. I got Shin Megami Tensei Five hard copy Steelbook. Actually, my first ever Nintendo Switch Steelbook. Uh, I got Skyward Sword HD, which I have not had a chance to play yet. And then I uh, Crisis Remastered Trilogy on the Series X. And uh, my first physical Series X game, by the way. And then um, a bunch of eShop gift cards. So I just bought a bunch of games. I bought uh, WarioWare, which is amazing. And Wyatt loves to play it. And he actually, it's those mini games are so simple, he can actually do some of them. Um, so it's kind of a great training ground for a budding gamer in the making. And it's good, you know, daddy son time to do, to do that also. Uh, plus, it's so zany. Have you played any of the WarioWare games? Very, very briefly. Okay. Um, they, my kids are into them. My, my youngest kid really likes the DS one. Okay. Um, but I haven't played it too much. Okay. Um, yeah, it's... it's the, the games are so simple... I mean, mini calling them mini games is an exaggeration. They're more micro games, um, but just the aesthetic of it all is so delightfully preposterous, and so I I, I really love it. 
Uh, I also got... We got Big Brain Academy, which we have not played yet, because we're kind of waiting until we can all play. Um, and then we... I got the... Uh, those, those two Square Enix kind of miniature, really weird takes on RPGs. I got uh, Dungeon Encounters, which is that ultra stripped down. You're kind of moving through a spreadsheet, basically, uh, and and fighting RPG battles. It's Everything is... The whole point is for everything to be as stripped down and bare bones as possible. Uh, you know, you get... Once you get down into... It's, it's almost like Rogue. You keep going lower, lower levels. Um... And then I, I got Voice of Cards, the RPG game that everything is a card. You know, even the overworld is just a bunch of cards. And I like Dungeon Encounters. I really like Voice of Cards, though. That's really turning out to be a very fun, kind of enjoyable experience. Have you? you have you? I trust that you've heard about these games. I've, I've heard about them. I haven't played them. Okay. Okay. No. Um. How similar is WarioWare to like NES Remix? Um, I, I I think that's a they're they're close enough that that's not a, a silly question, mm-hmm. but they're they're fundamentally different in that these little like the mini the micro games are like knock something over before time runs out you know so okay. it's not like it's not like uh, curated snippets of NES games okay. uh, even the ones that happen in an like there's one part of the world where it's themed after like NES and Super NES and like N64 games but the closest you would get to that is like the final level, the quote unquote boss level is to get through a part of like Super Mario World dungeon level but you okay. don't play like Mario you you know, Wario you're flying around so it's really easy to do, you know um, it's just it's just an excuse to be zany and have a lot of fun it's uh, it's it's really good single player, but it, th- I, I I gather that the real magic is when you've got multiple people playing. Is really when the game kind of <laughs> comes into its own. So it's worth playing. It's worth playing. Uh, and speaking of worth playing, <laughs> let's uh, let's go to my next track. Um, our next track is going to be Quad Machine from Quake 2 on the PC, composed by Sonic Mayhem. So let's check that out.
Okay, and that was Quad Machine from Quake 2 on the PC. Hugh, what do you think of this track? It's uh, it's pretty good. I like it. It I there's this, the intro really reminds me of some other song, but I cannot put my finger on it. Yeah, same here. Same like here. There's some real world song that has a, a very very similar intro. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about, and we might e- hell we might even be thinking of the same track, and I can't think of what it is either. Um, I will say that I really like this track. This might be my favorite track of the whole episode, actually. It's um, it came at a good part in my life. You know, uh, I had just graduated high school when I got my first PC capable of playing games like this, and so this was the summer of 1998. Uh, which is also the summer when Jody and I started dating. So we we started dating right after I graduated, and we've been together ever since. And um, so, just it was it was that strange time after childhood ended, but before adulthood began. Mm-hmm. That strange intermission between those those two phases of life, and it was a really really great time. Um, and you know, we were talking at the beginning about how neither one of us are kind of hard and heavy diehards. You know, I mean we. It's not country music. We we have some like for it, uh, and there are, there's a selection. There are tracks out there that we like still love, but it's not our main wheelhouse. But and I I will also say there's not a track in this episode that I dislike. They're all good, but this one really is kind of the I think might be the one that just stands out to me because it's 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 just when I'm in the mood for heavy, it's just that right pocket of heavy, um, mm-hmm. and it's it's. Um, it's got so many memories, so many good times attached to it. So yeah, I think this is I think this is the star of the show for me. Now, do you know is this version or this song on the PlayStation version also? I very much doubt it. I, I okay. but I've never I've never played the PS version. I have played the N sixty four version. And I can tell you, no, it's not on that. Of course. Yeah, that I I assume that yeah. it wouldn't be on the N sixty four version. But I'm wondering if they have the Red Book audio from like PC on on the PlayStation version also, probably not. Usually it tends to be a different soundtrack. Well, let me do a little bit of crack research here. I can't believe I just did that. I just typed youtube.com in the YouTube search bar. I'm guessing the PlayStation version is going to be ambient stuff like the. Oh no. Um, it's showing up in this. Uh, it's showing up in this track list that says it's PlayStation One. So apparently it is in the PlayStation version. Let's see here. I am trying to find the. Yeah, the credits on Moby Games say it's the same Sonic Mayhem. Okay, yeah, so I was wrong. So this is credited as the PC, but before we release this episode, I'll make sure the show notes actually say PS1, P- PC slash PS1. Yeah. So what do you have next for us? Next, uh, you know what, I'm going to go with also a sequel game. Uh, Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII. So this is a PSP game. Uh, the composer is uh, Taka Takaharo Ishimoto, and this song is called Conflict.
So Conflict from Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII. Um, if you couldn't guess, this is from uh, fight scenes, you know, when you're in a one-on-one battle. Mm-hmm. I can definitely it uses a that. battle system that is a little bit like Final Fantasy VII and maybe a little bit like... Well, it's not exactly like Final Fantasy VII. I mean, it, it isn't that there's like a, you know, like an ATB bar, but it's really much more of an action RPG than it is a, you know, straight-up turn-based RPG. Yeah, I had wondered because I'd never played this. I never played this, so I was wasn't quite sure how. Because this this ex, this came out probably, I'm guessing, in the time where the the franchise was transitioning from the old way to the new way. Well, yeah, I mean, it would have been... So it's PSP. I don't remember the exact year it came out, but it, it was, you know, a contemporary to, like, Final Fantasy eleven or twelve in terms of release date, I'm sure. Okay. And Final Fantasy twelve is when they introduced kind of the the new system, you know, the the not turn-based battle stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, this is actually a really, really good game. And um, story-wise, it's, it's really solid. I mean, it kind of benefits from having a better protagonist okay um, than final fantasy 7 meaning like he has like a fully sort of thought out like like the protagonist final fantasy 7 is very well thought out uh but he has doesn't really much of a personality he's kind of the straight man of the group even though he has the most complicated backstory okay um whereas final fantasy uh, uh crisis core final fantasy 7 is the prequel to final fantasy 7 and it's you know without giving away spoilers it it you know, the lead is a character that you learn about in Final Fantasy VII. And he has you know, a fairly big personality. And it takes place in a lot of the same locations. And uh, it's just overall, I think it's a really, really solid game. And if they did some sort of, like, re-release on, on Switch, um, I mean, the graphics look very dated because they're essentially, you know, late PS1-era graphic quality. Um, you could really do a lot with this game. I mean, it's 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 a it's a very very solid entry. Well, hopefully they'll do that then, because uh, it does sound I, I've heard it's really good. So um, the music, though, I think this is I think this is a really good one too. It's um, it's really got a lot of intensity to it. I um, I was talking to to oh. I remember one other thing I wanted to say during the the show notes, and it's rel- it, it's relevant because it came up in a conversation about this. Um, we had a speaking of hard rock and heavy metal music. We actually had a great this moment in history uh, a couple days ago, as of the time we're recording, a couple days ago uh, here in Des Moines. It was forty years ago, uh, like day before yesterday, that Ozzy Osbourne bit the head off the bat, and that that happened here in Des Moines. And oh. I didn't realize that happened in Des Moines. Yeah. yeah, someone brought a bat onto like to the concert. Is how that happened, isn't it? Well, because he had sta- he had fake bats. Yeah, and somehow a real bat got brought in. Yeah, yeah, that's my understanding of the story. See, for the longest time, I thought that it was just uh, legend. I didn't think it had actually happened, and and then it it wasn't until much later I realized it happened here because this happened in January of 1982, and I would have been. You know, a couple weeks away from turning two, so I would have been way too young to remember that. Um, mm-hmm. So, but yeah, yeah, forty years ago, forty years ago this week, as of the day we're recording, in in Des Moines, that happened. But uh, so I've been having a lot. It was just so interesting that 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 heavy metal history moment happened while we were working on this episode, and 
the conversations I was having on social media about the Ozzy Osbourne moment, aligning so much with the conversations that we would have here. And, and you know, when it comes to, when it comes to thrash versus that drop tuned chug kind of thing, I am much bigger. I'm a much bigger fan of the dro- the slower drop tune chug stuff, where every note weighs a ton, rather than going for ch- quantity. You know, quantity is king. Um, and this isn't this track isn't quite that, but it's drop tuned, and every note does just have that pow. Don't you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, and and then our next track is going to be another one of those ones that has just features a ton of drop tune and big heavy hits um we couldn't do a we couldn't do a hard rock and heavy metal and metal adjacent album without featuring something from mick gordon so my 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 next track is super gore nest from doom eternal on multiple platforms let's go ahead and give it a listen
Okay, and that was Super Gornest from Doom Eternal. And yes, that was one loop. That nine, that was a nine-minute-long single loop, which definitely makes this the longest track we've ever featured on Channel 2. Or actually, maybe even Nerd Noise Radio, period. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm struggling to think of another track off the top of my head that is is longer you know speaking of weird iowa things right iowa music history you also have uh the day the music died out there right well and i think there's like a nine minute song about that also well yeah that was up in northern iowa uh he they performed at spirit lake at the um surf ballroom and then crashed in a field a little northeast there but i've got some interesting connections with that too um so that happened in my state that's the most superficial of the connections yeah um, that happened, let's see, February 3rd, 1959. So, uh, a long time ago today, it's t- today is t- <laughs> when you're listening to that, when you're listening to this today, uh, listeners, this, that happened on this day in history. Um, but today's also my birthday. So it happened 21 years to the day before I was born. 60 Three years ago, 63 years ago wow. is when that happened. Um, and, and so I have that connection, but here's the most intense connection I have to that. One your of the grandfather l- was the pilot? No, no. Okay. My grandfather was one of the lawyers representing the families of the musicians. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So he was a, he was a, a young guy at the time. He was, uh, was kind of, my understanding, he was just kind of getting his start. And so if you look at the books... If you look at the books about this event, you will see at least one or two references to a Marvin Iverson or or an Marvin Ike Iverson. And yeah, that's my grandpa. So Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. That's yeah. very random, I should say. Yeah, well, he had he he grew up at, out in outstate, you know, out uh, I think the te- name of the town was Dow's. I don't think I've ever even been there, but um, he had moved to Des Moines by then. And it started his business in Des Moines, but for whatever reason, they still fl- drove him like two, like an hour and a half north to take care of this whole situation. So, yeah, yeah, we have that. So the lesson is, if you're a musician, stay out of Iowa. No, no, that's not the lesson. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, I'm kidding. Yes. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, well, so what do you think of this track itself? Uh, this is a little too much for me. Is it? This is way. There's so much going on in this track. It's it's like overwhelming to me. Okay. It's it's like having a really hot spicy meal. You know what I mean? Like it just overwhelms your senses. <laughs> so the part where the little synthesizer is arcing over top is when like you lose all control of yourself. Be- yeah, yeah. This is this is more than than I can do right now. Like, okay. I would not put this on while shoveling snow. This, uh. this would not make that playlist because. Okay. I. I'd go bonkers. Well, so I'll tell you that I actually, I actually do like this track. Um, it's, you know, we've said it before, and I don't want to say it too much because I feel like there's a sense where we would undermine our own purposes talking about how lukewarm we are in hard rock music when we're doing a hard rock episode. But mm-hmm. um, the Doom, the Doom 2016, and the Doom Eternal soundtracks are real kind of oddball exceptions for me. I love them, you know, because. They're not just they're not just straight ahead, hard and heavy. They have this total atmosphere, this total ambiance to them, right? You know, and I'm a huge ambient music guy, and so 
this is basically ambient metal uh, and and it, it gets in on the credentials of being ambient you know it's like it, it doesn't even hit the I quote unquote heavy metal receptor in my brain. It's a, it feels like something different. You know the, the the heaviness of this, the hard chuggy guitar of this, just strikes me as power. You know, it just strikes me as intensity. This is just super intense ambient music, as far as I'm concerned. So, listeners, if you if you know of non-video game music that's this style of heavy, message me. And I'll be happy to give it a listen because I, I do genuinely like this stuff. And maybe maybe you'll turn me on to some acts that I never would have been turned on to otherwise. Um, I do think our next track is our biggest departure of the day. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So I'm going to pivot back to Sega CD. And uh, I guess we're going to have the two eternal game titles in a row if that's a, a trend. Uh, Eternal Champions, Challenge from the Dark Side. This is uh, Midnight's stage. Midnight is the name of one of the fighters. The fight does not occur at midnight, as far as I know. And the composer is uh, Tristan Dupre.
So yeah, here we are, midnight stage. Um, I, I see why you say it's a big departure. Like, this could almost pass as like a CNC Music Factory song. Totally. Absolutely. Of course, the thing that makes me want to do more than anything is just climb up on top of something and shout Mortal Kombat as loud as I can. It, it is, yeah. I mean, Eternal Champions is kind of a Mortal Kombat ripoff. Um, maybe it was in development before Mortal Kombat was big. I'm trying to think when the original game came out. But by this point, the soundtrack is clearly trying to copy Mortal Kombat. Absolutely. Yes, definitely. And it's... This is this is a really fun track. It's it's a really I really do like it. It's just it's so different than everything we've had so far, and it's really different than anything else we're gonna have today, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's this is this is why we called the, why we build this episode as heavy metal adjacent because this is definitely not heavy metal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's a little bit like the, the first track, right? Where it is borderline, you know techno with guitar samples more than metal yeah well and i'm not saying that as a complaint i think it i think it works perfectly well in the episode and of course it's a fantastic track it's just it's i was just simply saying this is the oddball of the show yeah this oh yeah oh yeah i'm not arguing yeah yeah um you got the big orchestra hits yeah i could see you know what you know what this sounds like um other than the obvious mortal Kombat reference and uh, other than like the cnc factory reference you know what else i get out of it i get this could work in cruising usa oh yeah 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 i definitely get cruising vibes out of this um and the guitar solo is pretty good too towards the back um yeah it's just a fun track have you had a chance to play the Sega CD Eternal Champions? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I played this, uh, played this a lot in the '90s, actually. Okay. It's a, a fairly fun fighting game. I so I, we back in the day we had a a movie store, a chain of movie stores slash game stores. I don't know if they were local, regional, or national, but the movie store was called Movies to Go, and then their offshoot, the game store was Games to Go, and uh, you'd go, you'd walk into Games to Go, and they had these stations set up with a Sega or a Super Nintendo or a Sega CD or whatever, and you could play games. And so I got to play it for five or 10 minutes at games to go, but I, I have the Genesis version and I've played that more than I care to admit, but I don't think I've ever like really properly played the Sega CD game. Is it a situation where it's um, just the, the Genesis game with new music or is it a, is it more like a Spider-Man versus the Kingpin situation where it's a refreshed game? It's more like the Spider-Man kingpin situation they, they've done a lot of upgrades to the game okay okay um, so it's it's more than just music i mean like like the graphics but it has like new characters it has a bunch of cutscenes. um like you know, like the the finishing moves are, are all kind of upgraded that kind of stuff um it's just it's it has also like a, a huge number of hidden characters oh okay okay so then it's still definitely worth my time to go look go looking for a copy yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. you're not gonna find it cheap because it's a Sega CD game, but sure. I understand there's places you can find Sega CD games that you can then burn to a disc if, if you're so inclined. I I tend not to go that route. I I have some I have some burnt Sega CD games, but I didn't burn them myself. Someone gave them to me, and so I just kept them. I have a big wallet of burnt uh, Dreamcast games that I got at a yard sale. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I don't. 
I, I don't think I'd be the guy that would go out and burn it, you know, uh, burn a pirated copy. But I, I'm not so stringent about it that if someone gave it to me, I'm gonna like snap it in half or throw it away or whatever. So, um, well, cool. I'll go looking for this. I'll go looking for this. See if I can get a copy because, you know, I still have a working Sega CD. So, um, our next track is kind of a weird one because it's an intro, an, a short little intro track. Uh, so. But it's a great one. It's a great one. It's title from Spider-Man X and X. I'm sorry, Spider-Man and X-Men Arcade's Revenge on the Super NES, composed probably by Tim Fallen, but we'll say Tim and or Jeff Fallen. So let's check it out. Okay, and that's the title theme from Spider-Man X-Men on the Super NES. What, what do you think of this game, Hugh? I have not played this game. You haven't? I have not, no. Okay. Okay. Um, it's, not, it's not a terrible game. But it's not a great game. But the soundtrack is amazing. Have you had a chance to listen to the, the soundtrack? Not the full soundtrack, no. Um... I'm kind of surprised this is coming out of a Super Nintendo, really, listening to this. It, it sounds like, you know, if you told me this was a PlayStation or some other Red Book audio, I would have believed you. Yeah, well, so these days, these days, uh, over the course of time, I've, I've kind of morphed into more of a fan of, I mean, I, of course, I love both, but uh, have come to kind of prefer the Genesis sound system over, over the Super Nintendo sound system, but... This game came at a great time in our lives. We got the Super Nintendo for Christmas of 1992. And um, it came with Super Mario World. Uh, they also had bought us Zelda. And Super Mario World was to be my brother and I to share. Zelda was mine. And they said, the day after Christmas, when the stores open back up, we'll go out and buy you a game, Jesse. And so he picked this game. Mm -hmm. And so this, uh, along with... Uh, Link to the Past and Super Mario World was my first experience as an 8-bit gamer to 16-bit games. And so the sound of, you know, I mean, the, the kind of sounds we were getting out of this game, just I couldn't couldn't fathom it at the time. You know, it was just, it was unbelievable. And it this has remained one of my favorite soundtracks ever since. I just, it's so good. It's so good. Um, my favorite part of this track, and it's interesting because I, I saw um, a YouTube video of, of someone, a multi-instrumentalist, covering this piece. And it had me excited because I'm like, I'm curious, I really can't wait to see what they do with it. They nailed the guitar and the bass and the drums. 
Um, but the thing that makes this track special to me are the keys at the back, the, mm -hmm. the, 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 the synths at the back part, you know, that are playing chords that don't make sense with the, the guitars, but it works wonderfully. You know, that's what takes us from kind of just a, a straight ahead meathead piece for me to <laughs> something that has like just a ton of depth. And that they just left that out completely. And I was, it's so funny, I was actually a, a little angry at that guy. I was like, <laughs> you left out the important part. Um, but here, uh, this part right here. Okay. That organ, it's the organ. What it's doing, it's not, pl it's playing counter to the guitar. It's not playing along with the guitar. Um, that just adds so much depth to this piece. And this whole soundtrack is full of depth like that. They, the, the Fallen Brothers just do amazing work. And, and you were saying the sound, you could have believed this wasn't Super Nintendo. I can definitely see what you're saying. Mm -hmm. It's an excellent use of the sound chip. Um, speaking of Fallen Brothers and sound chips, um, have you had a chance to hear the unreleased time tracks, Sega Genesis soundtrack? No, I think I might have a copy. I think someone leaked. Did the ROM for that leak? Like someone leaked a prototype of that online? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So that's probably on my stuff to play queue. It which is, is very long. Sure. Well, it's amazing. I mean, you know, obviously it's Sega Genesis, so the instruments are quite a bit different. But in terms of this, the the whole Fallen Brothers style sound compositional ticks, it's, it's, it's this, you know. And there are a couple tracks that are heavy like this. And... And the guitar work is great. There's this one track where, the, the I guess the most laid back track of the collection. Uh, there's this bit where there's this big, huge like bell hit. Like imagine hitting like a big church bell or something and just letting mm -hmm. it gong out. But he has this uh, dirt on it, uh, a little bit of distortion on it, and it's just amazing. And he's just doing all this in Genesis FM. It's not a sample. It's FM, and it's just incredible. He got that sound, but. Um, one thing I was very surprised to hear, uh, a couple years back, uh, Tim Fallon guested on an episode of the Legacy Music Hour. And they were, they were, uh, and Brent asked him the question, so are you a bigger, do you, what do you like better, the Super Nintendo sound system or the Sega Genesis sound system? Expecting that he would say Super Nintendo because he did tons of Super mm -hmm. Nintendo stuff and only the one, you know, the time tracks thing. And he said Genesis. Tim Fallon said he preferred the Genesis sound system. He said it was easier to work. He, he, he said it was flexible and, you know, in ways that Super Nintendo wasn't. And yeah, so, but the reason I bring this up is there's an interesting, um, interesting question in the 16-bit era when, we're t when it comes to heavy metal guitars. Mm -hmm. uh, which, which does it better? Or perhaps if you don't like either one of them, which one does it worse? Uh, the Super Nintendo guitars are this they're samples they're they began life as an actual guitar you know and mm -hmm. and they sound they sound like a real guitar but they they don't have any of that energy it's all kind of been smushed out of it whereas the sega genesis heavy metal guitars it's so clearly synthesis synthetic it's painful to me but it has all that rawness and all that energy of a real hard rocking guitar yeah i i, I don't know if i have a, a preference it's to me it's not so much the the technology as how you use it sure you know so like the guitar in this song sounds pretty great uh stuff yuzo koshiro did i think sounds pretty great there's other 
things like we're gonna get to like an East track later, but like East three on the Genesis, I think kind of sounds awful, even though it probably could sound really good. Okay. Um, whereas like, I, I, yeah, yeah, it's just it's a matter of how how you use the the technology, sure, or the technology itself to me, sure, and and and. Okay, and I and, and I apologize if it came off as sounding like, well, which one's better? I, I, mm-hmm. I am utterly of the belief that there is no better when we're talking Super Nintendo versus Sega Genesis. I mean, of course, the one is better at X, Y, Z, and the other one's better at A, B, C, you know, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. I think they come out as I think they I think um, I don't think we could say which one's better because which one is more. How much do these various pros and cons weigh? How much? How valuable is this advantage or this advantage? And those can only be answered subjectively, right? Yeah. So, it, I I will say the position of Nerd Noise Radio on Super Nintendo versus Sega Genesis is there isn't a winner, there isn't a better. Um, mm-hmm. But it's so interesting how hard rock and heavy metal guitars and now this is a lead guitar solo that sounds good but the rhythm guitar or the rhythm heavy metal guitar sounds a little it's it's kind of smushed and lifeless here you know whereas we're going to have a track later on where it's very powerful very powerful hard rocking you know rhythm guitars and stuff so Listeners, if you, I would love to hear what the listeners have to say about the this, the heavy metal guitars on Super Nintendo versus Sega Genesis. And listeners, if you've never considered it before, if you've never considered the question before, you know, pay attention to the, go back and listen to the guitars on this track, and then we'll highlight when we're going to get to the track we were talking about and listen to those guitars and see what you think and let us know. So what do you have next, Hugh? Uh, well, let's... Um I guess we'll indulge this debate a little bit longer, and um, <laughs> I'm gonna go back to Super Nintendo, or stick with Super Nintendo, not go back to it. Um, oh, this doesn't doesn't really feel like a very heavy guitar song. Uh, this is from Shadow Run. It's uh, the the Cage is the name of the song. It's the name of the bar that the music is playing in. Okay. And the composer is uh, Marshall Parker. Okay. Let's All right. That up.
Yeah, so Shadowrun. This is a very, very underappreciated RPG on the Super Nintendo. I, I think it's one of the top five RPGs on the system. Uh, maybe the setting, you know, it's not a traditional, like, Final Fantasy, steampunky kind of setting. It's, you know, um, cyberpunk instead. Mm-hmm. But great, great RPG and uh, solid soundtrack all around. And this is from a, yeah, a bar slash club that you visit to, like, recruit other shadow runners. Okay. It's a cool name for a bar, The Cage. Yeah. Of course, I always think of um, the entrance to hell from Snatcher. <laughs> that's a that's a great name for a nightclub, in my opinion. Um, yeah. So, I've never played Shadowrun. I can see pictures of it in my head. And I'm, I'm familiar, I mean, you know, I'm certainly familiar with its legacy, but I've never played it. Yeah. Yeah, and the Genesis version is like a completely different game. Okay. So it's also like an RPG, but it's it's just not, there's no similarities between the two games. Okay. Uh, and that's so fa- that's something that was always so interesting about uh, classic games, or retro games versus current mm-hmm. games. You know, on, on current games, you have multiple versions of a game. They are always the same game, or essentially always the same game, mm-hmm. just running at different graphic settings. Um, whereas old games, it might be the same game on both systems, or it might be a very different game. You know, you might have a Jurassic Park situation or you might have an Aladdin situation or an Alien mm-hmm. 3 situation where they're just completely different games just using the same franchise. So you're saying that's the case with Shadowrun. They're, I mean, they're, uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, They're both RPGs though, I take it. The, yeah, they are. They're just different. Like the stories are different. Uh, and they're just not, there's no, other than the title, there's nothing really in common with them. Okay. The Super Nintendo one is sort of loosely based off um, a Shadowrun book series. Okay. So they, they took like they took like one of the, the novels of Shadowrun okay. and converted used it as the basis for the story. Okay. Um and the Genesis one was just kind of something that was just made out of thin air. Yeah, I haven't I haven't really played the Genesis one enough. I don't I I don't I never really cared for it. Like it's it's a di- very different style RPG, more I don't want to say it's a tactical RPG, but it feels more like a tactical RPG. Whereas the Super Nintendo one is, you know, you're, you're kind of straight. You're not really JRPG, since it's, I think it was all European developers. Um, but it's, you know, it, it follows like the traditional RPG formula a little bit better. Okay. Okay. Maybe I'll go through and try the Genesis one again um, sometime over winter break here. Yeah, I mean, you know, if, it's, if there's nothing else to do. <laughs> yeah. Um... So, so our next track is um, actually from a pinball game, and and it's a Turbo Graphics game. It's, I think it's the only time we're going to be hearing from the system today. It's going to be Bonus Table Four from Devil's Crush, and that is composed by. Let me look at my notes here. Toshiaki Sakoda. Let's give it a listen.
Okay, and that's bonus table four from Devil's Crush on the Turbo Graphics. Uh, Hugh, what do you have? You've played this, right? Yeah, yeah. I could um I could see myself adding this to my Halloween background music playlist. Yeah, yeah, totally. Totally. I did that this Halloween. I hooked up a speaker in like Spotify. You have like every horror movie soundtrack ever. It seems so. I just uh-huh. threw a bunch of them in the queue and hit shuffle and just had like background horror music playing all Halloween. It was, yeah, it was a really good time. I mean, while there were kids coming over to trick or treat, I wasn't just sitting alone in the garage like a creepy person. This was <laughs> hand, handing out candy and stuff. <laughs> So I'm going to take a quick second here to do a little crack research. I'm, um, I've mentioned it before, so this isn't a spoiler, but on Channel One uh, this this year, 2022, Halloween 2022, uh, we're going to be featuring a music block that was made all the way back in June of 2018. Uh, it was originally intended to be 2019's Halloween episode, and then that ended up not happening. Um, but I, 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 I think this track might be in it. Now I have to go look because it's been long enough ago now that I don't remember everything in here. Um, Nope, I'm wrong. It's not in there. So, sorry for the... <laughs> well, that, that's okay. It's an advertisement for uh, an over four-year-old music block by the time you hear it. So, um, I... This... Yes, but this would make... This would this track would work in that, that heavy... That, um, sorry, that Halloween episode. It's just got this great... I love the, I guess, Geiger-esque... Uh, design decisions in in this game. I actually haven't played it. I I, I own the prequel. I own Alien Crush, uh, and I've played that of course quite a bit. And I've watched long plays. I've watched long plays of this version, um, the uh, Dragon's Fury, which was the Genesis version of this. Um, but I've never had a chance to play it. It just seems like it's just a um, enhanced version of Alien Crush. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um I do like I do like how this uh how this track sounds on the TurboGrafx sound system. You know, it's um when I when I'm speaking favorably about the TurboGrafx, I describe the sound as velvet gravel. You know, but it's mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know how convincing it sounds like a hard rock or heavy metal ensemble, but it does. The brightness and the the buzziness and the jaggedness of the of the chip is really doing favors to this track quite a bit. Um. Okay. So, what do you have next? That is a good question. Oh, I have one of my favorite songs. This is one of my favorite uh, game tracks. Um. This is from East 3. This is a theme of Chester, and the composer is Masaki Kawai.
So I think you mentioned that I featured this song once before on the, the Falcom episode, and I believe that is uh, that is true. Well, obviously it is. Um, but there I, I picked like the um, one of the newer versions with you know live instruments, mm-hmm. and this is the original X uh, sixty eight thousand chip tune version. Okay, yeah, you did. Um, I don't even know what version you had featured. Uh, this is uh, this version's great, but I I mm-hmm. like that other version even better. Oh yeah, yeah. There's um out on I think it's East Three Perfect Collection. There's like an even heavier. Um, remix of this or is that you know i think it's actually a bonus track on like east 2 perfect collection it's, a, it's one of those cds falcom releases like a million mm-hmm. cds like this mm-hmm. um so yeah that's uh that's one to check out too but yeah it's just it's a very menacing song you know this is a theme of sort of a villain character and um it's kind of a complicated character really and it, it like i said it's a very menacing feel and that's kind of what they're going for with the character Okay, Chester. the the ba- The big bad guy's name is Chester. He's actually not the. I mean, I don't want to spoil the plot. He's actually not the big bad guy. Okay. Um, but through, you know, the first like three quarters of the game, you're kind of chasing him around, and he is a bad guy for sure. But he's not like the main bad guy. Okay. Okay. Uh, I know it's not a particularly great name for a bad guy. <laughs> Yeah, maybe he likes cheese. Maybe he likes cheese puffs. I don't know. Yeah. So the version I picked uh, before was the Oath and Falgana version. Okay. So that is the modern remake of the game. Okay, uh, listeners, if you have not checked out the the Falcom episode, do that. It's a really great collection of music. Not, it's just a really great. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a really good one. Um. This version, so, but this is the original version you're saying. This is the very original, yeah. The very original, okay. Very original. Okay. And this is a game that's, you know, it's ported to everything. It was, in its time, it was ported to, to basically everything. Yeah. Well, and I've never played any of them, but I've seen pictures and watched videos, and this is another one of those games where the versions vary quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, the interesting thing is I mentioned that the Genesis soundtrack is bad. It's strange that it's bad because it was actually an early uh, project by, um, I kind of butchered the name, Nora Yuki Awarde, who I think we may hear from later in this episode. Um, composer I like a lot, but he didn't compose the um, soundtrack to Easter on Genesis. He did a conversion of it. And I would be curious what was going on there because it really is a, for lack of a better term, a, a bad conversion of the soundtrack. I'll have to listen more because the only the only Ease three song that I know off the top of my head from the Genesis version is "Boy Who Had Wings," and I mm-hmm. actually love that rendition. But right. yeah, but um, I don't, I'm not familiar with any of the rest of the soundtrack. So you've now you've got now you've given me something to research. Yeah. Um. So my next track will take us back to non-chip systems. In fact, it was the first system I ever bought as a married man. Um, We will listen to Run Through the Speed Highway from Sonic Adventure on the Sega Dreamcast. And the potential composers are June Sinoue, Kenichi Takoi, and or Fumie Kumatani. Let's check it out.
Okay, and that's run through the Speed Highway on Sonic Adventure, but on the Dreamcast from Sonic Adventure on the Dreamcast. Um, I love that bass in the background because I um, it very much reminds me of Metallic Madness Zone Past from Sonic CD. Very similar kind mm-hmm. of uh, thing going on with the bass there. What do you think of this track? It's it's fun. Um, I haven't played this game too much. This is a game where I... It's one of the games where I'm satisfied with the demo version. I, I don't need the full game. Okay. This was... Um, obviously, this was the first uh, of the open... Or the polygonal 3D world uh, Sonic games. Mm-hmm. It's the only one that I played all the way to the end. You know, I I played it. I, I had my criticisms about it. I had my praises about it. Uh, I, I got partway into Sonic Adventure 2. And then, since then, all the 3D Sonic games I've tried to get into, I just haven't been able to, you know. Um, I think we I think we talked about this in uh, Deck the Halls when we featured that track from Sonic Adventure. But, you know, listeners, if you can steer me towards something that might change my mind, you know, there's so many of them. Maybe it'd be like Finding Treasure. But um, this was this was the last real Sonic game for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, it was, I mean, for the time, the graphics were incredible. You know, it was, the presentation of the game was amazing and still is. Um, well, this is towards, I, I, it's been long enough since I played it. I can't say for sure, but I would guess this is about somewhere in that two thirds to three quarters of the way through the game area. So it's not the end, but it's well Mm -hmm. into the game. And this is the kind of the lit up nighttime cityscape scene. It's where this is happening in the game. Um, it was a good stage though, a good fun stage and a fun track. I don't think I have much else to say about it though. Um, what's your, what's your, well, last track. My last, yeah, already. So I, uh, teased that we have a, uh, uh, I always butcher the name. I'm so sorry. Uh, Doryuki Awarde track coming up, and uh, here it is. It's from Grandia 2, and this is Fight Version One, um, implying there are multiple Fight versions. This I played this on Dreamcast originally. Um, it's on PlayStation 2 also. It's the same soundtrack. Okay. So let's uh, fire that up.
So as you may have guessed, this is um, your random encounter battle music. I can hear that. So yeah, yeah. It's a it's a really this is a, a pretty good RPG. It's uh, one of those where the story completely goes off the rails at the end. Like it's solid for the first I would say ninety percent of the story. Um, battle system is a little bit similar to like a Final Fantasy X. Um, I think there's yeah there's a remake of this on Switch if you wanted to give this game a try. Okay. If you like JRPGs, of course. Well, I'm starting to I'm kind of starting to rediscover them. You know, um, I I've always loved the stories. I've always loved the art and the music, especially the music. Um, but just the random battles, the grinding. You know, I I, I know I've said mm -hmm. this I know I've said this on the show before, but it's like being upstairs reading this amazing book and every five seconds your mom shouts from downstairs take out the trash you know or do the dishes you know it just it's just chores mm -hmm. um but i found in the past i don't know six months or so i'm kind of starting to warm back up to that a little bit so so you should I, just um just put on easy mode there's no okay. shame in playing a game on easy i don't think well no i usually play games on easy mode but uh, when there's when there's grinding though, I usually well because you know I was never able to beat Final Fantasy X because I didn't do enough grinding and I made it to yeah. the semi-final battle and I wasn't powerful enough to beat them. So yeah, and that yeah. doesn't have an easy mode, I don't think. So no, no. Um, yeah, I don't think I'd want to do a situation where it turns off all battles. Like that's <clears throat> I I go for the easiest setting on things all the time, but. I don't want to make it so easy that it's not a game anymore. I guess with the online RPGs, you can like hire someone to grind your characters for you. <laughs> like, I think I've heard that. Final Fantasy X. You'd have to like, come to your house and sit on your couch and stuff. Oh, no. That's not worth it. If it's something they could do over the internet and like send me a, like, a updated save file, that we might have, bus I we might have business, but... I would like to see the conversation between you and your wife where you explain to her that you hired a drifter to come in and play Final Fantasy X in your house to level up your characters. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, this is Jerry. Um, Met him I at let the bus him, station. Yeah, I let, him, I let him have rain of the fridge, you know. Um, just stay out of his way. Let him do his thing. Yeah, he's just going to fight random battles in Final Fantasy X for a few hours. Yeah. Um, well, this is a really great track. It's, it's. I, I I love the mix of elements in this track. You know, it's got the it's got the hard rocking guitar, but it's uh, it's so bright too. It's you know all the pearly stuff happening on top. You know, when it when it's first starting, it almost sounds like um, we're about to be like introduced to like some television sporting event, but then it it changes directions pretty quickly. So. Um. Yeah, really good. It sounds track. a lot like the battle tracks, of course, to Lunar and Lunar Eternal Blue because it's yes. the composer. Yes, yes. Oh, oh, that's right. That that is uh, Noriyuki Iwadari, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Very, very similar. They're very similar songs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because I could definitely hear that connection, but I didn't realize we were talking to the same composer. So. Yeah, this is the part that sounded like Wide World of Sports or something, but. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, so I think we're we're pretty we're pretty close to the end here. Um, why don't we start doing kind of the usual housekeeping stuff? Tell everyone about your show and what's coming up next. 
boy, that's a good question. So I do a podcast called Retro Game Club. You can find that by searching for Retro Game Club Podcast on your favorite uh, podcast thing. We, uh, you know, do a lot of, like, homebrew and hacking and emulation news on there. And that's probably my only other project. Um, maybe I'll have a, uh, another Sega Genesis demo out sometime in the future, but not anytime soon. Well, where can they find the existing demo? I I don't know. I, did I post it anywhere? Um, you can find... You, put a link to my homepage in the show notes and they can find it there. Okay. Okay. It, it's uh, not a particularly good demo. It's... It was more like, I wonder if I can even make this work. Well, I knew you were working on it, but even I didn't know that it was done. And yeah, so... it's been done for like two years or something. I don't know. Oh. Well, that goes this, to this show... Is how, this is how, like... I, here's the thing. I'm not big on self-promotion. It's actually okay. one of my least favorite things. Okay. So that's why I never talk about it. Okay. Okay. Um, well, I'll make sure to post a link to to the website for the for the listeners to go check it out and then i will go check it out um as far as nerd noise radio um i say this every time you guys are probably sick of hearing it by now but channel one is a mixtape you know it's uh, inspired by radio music programs like hearts of space um and and um we're starting our fifth season of that our by the time while we're recording the episode hasn't come out yet, but by the time this releases, it will have already come out. Our first episode of Channel One of 2022 is a soundtrack Saturday episode focusing on music from um, 3D Museum on the Laser Active, which might possibly make me, might possibly make us the first pod, video game music podcast ever to do a Laser Active soundtrack. Hmm. So I'm not claiming that we are because I don't want as soon as I say we're the first someone's going to say um, this show did this in like 2014. Yes, this, you know, this show you've never heard of. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Or, or worse. What if it's a show I have heard of? You know? Right. <laughs> um, right. So I'm not right. going to. For play. me, I would actually be like a guest on the episode where they did it and someone wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so so there's a very good chance we're not first. So I'm not saying we're first. But just the thought that we could be the first show to ever do this is exciting, you know, to me. Uh, so definitely go check it out. It's a really interesting collection of music. It's um, it's actually probably the most Hearts of Space episode Nerd Noise Radio has ever done. Um, a lot of a lot of kind of new agey ambient stuff. Really, really. There's a couple weird songs that are kind of, you know, whatever. But overall, the soundtrack is actually really pretty amazing. Of course, we have to be as fast and loose with the definition of game as one ever gets to, to call 3d museum a game. It's basically a tech demo. Um, but <clears throat> we're going to go with it. So, uh, what else is coming up? A little while ago, I put out a track list for all the tracks we did in 2020 and 2021. And because in June, we're going to have nerd noise radio, best of 2020, 2021. And that's going to be populated by tracks selected by you, the listener. I'll put a link in the show notes and I'll put a link in the social media blast, but please look through that list and please get me tracks. Um, anywhere between 20 and 50, however many we get, uh, we'll, we'll make an episode out of it. So, so start getting me those right away. I'm going to become a pest about that. I'm going to mention that at the end of every episode between now and June. So, um, I will send you some tracks. It just, I opened up the spreadsheet and I was totally overwhelmed. Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's a lot it's, of tracks. <laughs> that's nerd noise radio for you. You know yeah. I mean? We feature a lot on channel one and now we have channel two to add to the mix. And, and 
this year's uh, track list is even more complicated because we had backtracks, which was the backwards episode. And we had slow jams, which was the slow down episode. And so if a track is in red, that means you can pick the backwards version or you can pick the slow down version. It's not offering you the regular version. So these this best of is going to be so weird. It's just going to be playing forward, then backwards, and then slow. <laughs> it's just going to be chaos. But I'm, I'm actually very much looking forward to it. I think it's going to be good. Um, I think that's I think that's everything. Um, hope, thank you guys for joining us for uh, our first episode of season two. I I know it's a weird feeling. I'm it, it's I felt this way in 2018 when we started when we did the first episode of season two of Channel One. It feels like a new beginning. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. season one's over. Chapter one is over, and this is the. This is the start of our second adventure. And it, it's, there's something, it's not quite the same feeling as the start of, it's not the same feeling as episode one of season one. It's a, it's a different feeling, but it's still an amazing feeling, episode one of season two. It's a new beginning. So hopefully you guys will enjoy the journey as much or hopefully better than you did last year. And, um, you know, stick with us, give us feedback, all that stuff. I think all that's left to you is to talk about our final track of the day. And this is the one that I was referring to back at the Spider-Man X-Men track where I wanted you guys, one of the listeners, to listen to the hard rock guitars on the Genesis and compare them to the hard rock guitars on the Super Nintendo and, and, and form your own opinion. I Again, I'm not saying Genesis is better. I'm not saying Super Nintendo is better. I'm saying there is no better. Um, they're just different. But this is very different. So listen to both and compare them. Form an opinion and let us know what you think. Uh, the track is Stand Up Against Myself. From in, in Japan, it was called Thunder Force 4. In America, it was supposed to be called Lightning Force. But due to a typo, it was called Lightning Force. So these are the people that come in with the light bulbs. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. you got to have uh, those people. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and this, oh, you know, one, I guess before we go, one thing I want to say about this, what do you think about this soundtrack, Hugh, uh, the Thunder Force 4 soundtrack, with its mix of heavy and its mix of kind of jazzy music? It's like, there's like two different soundtracks kind of mixed in with each other. Yeah, I mean, th- this is, um, this I, I hear the soundtrack on uh, Legacy Music Hour a lot. This is by mm-hmm. their most featured game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's I, I think rightfully so. It's a really, really good soundtrack. I know it's at least one of the same composers as um, the rest of the Thunder Force series and, and Herzog's Y, and I'm a big fan of those, although that I think it's um, Noski Arai, is the, which I'm sure I mispronounced, uh, worked on all those games. And um, yeah, it's, it's just a fun soundtrack. I'm not big on shooters, but this is a, a really, really good soundtrack. I... I, I, I um... I love the non-heavy music. Uh, I love that kind of funky, jazzy aesthetic. I love those compositions. And there's a number of the heavy tracks I like too. And uh, at the very least, I definitely admire the heavy tracks. Uh, they're some of the best heavy music on the Genesis. Um, but I got to admit, maybe this is a, a, an unpopular opinion. I don't think the mashup of these completely different worlds works very well. You know, it's kind of like it's kind of like having Pat Metheny open for Metallica or vice versa. You know, what I mean, it's just like they're such different worlds, and then let's just throw them in this pot together. You know, 
I think it's kind of a, a jarring experience for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I get that. Yeah, so listeners, you'll have to let me know what you think. I mean, if you're if you come to the Lightning Forest soundtrack for the heavy music and, you know, what do you think of the not heavy music? And if you come for the not heavy music, what do you think of the heavy music? And what do you think of this idea of just smashing these two very different worlds together in a room together? You'll have to let us know. So please, uh, please light us up about that. Well, Hugh, that's everything. We, um, yeah. we made it through a hard rock and heavy metal episode. Yeah, this was fun. This was, this was definitely, um, it was when I, when I was brainstorming episodes, this was not an idea I had at first. So this is, um, this is definitely different. I don't, um, I, I don't know when we would have featured some of these songs otherwise, like the Doom Eternal one in particular. I don't know where that would have fit in anywhere else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it, you know, for people, for two guys that aren't super big into hard rock music, I think we've come up, come together with a collection of music that has been excellent and a pretty good representation of the space too, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. So hopefully the listeners will agree. Thank you for listening. And uh, on channel one, you will see us again in March for another focus on the music of the VGM cover band, the one-ups. It'll be keeping up with the one-ups volume two. And you will see us again in April on channel two for subject TBD. Thank you for listening. And wherever you are. Let me turn my phone on Do Not Disturb, and then, um, all right, there we go.
And since this is quote unquote a Hugh episode, why don't you do the the standard? You are tuned to Nerd Noise Radio Channel Two. Okay, just just like that. Yeah, just when yeah, I'll just do okay. all the editing. Okay, you are tuned. Ah, see, I can't if I have anything scripted, even one line, I can't do. You are tuned to Nerd Noise Radio Channel Two. Perfect. Okay. Awesome. All right. So let's go ahead and um, let me get the the lid back on this Suntory. And let's go ahead and start the music. Three, two, one. Thank you for joining. Ah, uh, you know what? <laughs> every time, every time. I'm. Guess what we didn't do. Um. Wait. Um. Because it happens every time. Um. No, I forgot already. We don't have a date. Oh, that's right. We don't know the date yet. Um, So, hey, you know what? If I... And it turns out I didn't have the show notes open, so I wasn't really ready to talk anyways, it turns (laughs) out. (laughs) Okay, I do. Yeah, I do. Okay. Uh, Hey, you know what? Awesome. If I I am willing to kind of kill myself a little bit, then we can actually have this release on my birthday. Okay. So Happy birthday. Thank you. So that's what we'll do. February 3rd. The happy oh. ending at the end of Groundhog Day. Hold on one second while my browsers just froze. Wait, they're back. Okay, cool. Wait, it's back. Okay. No, I made the mistake of trying to resize a window and Chrome was like, no, you're not doing that. <laughs> All right, so I think I have everything set up here. Yeah, I think so. I um, My audio still looking good in Audacity and, and you say I sound good, so... Yeah, it's a little quiet on my end, but I think that's my browser more than you. Okay. I have to play with my... Hold on, let me click the record button so I don't forget to do that. Turn my M-Audio volume down just a little bit. See if I can... I don't know why you think I have a mic on my headset, by the way. I don't. Yeah, apparently you don't. I always thought you did. No. No, I used to I used to have this um, Sennheiser headset with built-in mic. Okay. But the mic on it broke. Like it just so I I never hooked up the mic on that one, but okay. It was still attached for a long time, but that was again like an over that was supposed to be an over the ear style, but it really wasn't for me. So I eventually got rid of that. Okay, yeah, I don't I I don't know. My wires get crossed pretty easily, so <laughs> I I almost always devolve into some sort of conversation about the game itself. So that's that makes good radio though. Yeah. Yes, this is like, you know what, I have to cut this part. I was, I had a thought and then I lost it, but that's how, that's how it goes. Sorry about that. I just totally blanked out. That was bad. <laughs> Wait, was there a hair metal band called Mr. Big? Yes, this is, this is uh, at least, the, at very least, the lead singer of that band singing right now. Oh, yeah. You know, I have probably I heard this like three times in prep for the show and it didn't connect for me I thought this was like the name of I thought it was like fat man you know like just someone making up a, <laughs> a silly name but now now I hear it yeah, yeah. well I definitely recognize the singer I'm gonna take just a second to do a quick Wikipedia to get this guy's name so I can say it um. this is the kind of band that they would not play on WBBX right they 
Uh, I think it's unlikely you would have heard Mr. Big on there. 